I clicked a fucking notification on Twitter like a dumbass, and now I have to find this stupid tweet again. Hello and welcome to Gaming Together, a cooperative podcast. I'm your host, Philip, and I'm here with my co-partner, Nave. Each pod, we play through a cooperative experience and relate to you, the listener, if this game is the creme de la creme of co-op or something better off playing solo. Hey, Nave. Howdy. We took last week off for Thanksgiving, right? Yeah, that it was uh, like the <laughs> day before. We were like, oh, surprise, Twitter. We're taking a vacation. Yeah, but don't worry, dear listeners at home. With that time off, we have prepared quite a show for you. So, Nave, I started Yakuza 0. Are you serious? Did you put yeah. that in the notes? How did I not see that? Because I saved it for the end because I figured you'd look at it and read it. Oh, yeah, you did write it at the end. You see it up at started Yak 0. That could mean anything. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what's on Steam anymore. Yeah, and uh, the thing is, though, I actually started this game like three months ago and played it to the first save point, and then I stopped. And then I'm like, this game looks like a lot. I'm going to come back later. And so I've come back later now. I don't remember how to do any of the fighting system, but it looks like it really doesn't matter in the early levels because I just mash X and beat everyone up. Does it ever get hard? You need to hit Y at the end. Okay, you gotta press Y to finish them? Y is like the end of the combo, you know what I mean? Gotcha. But so far, not bad. Yeah, after a while you unlock different fighting styles, and then that game actually has two protagonists, and each of them have three fighting styles, as you probably remember from that funny-ass video I linked to you the other day, or like three weeks ago, I mean. Like, I, I just unlocked the um, the Rusher one, or I don't know if it's called Rushing, but there, I had Brawler, and now I'm a Rusher, I think. I don't remember what it's called either, because I don't think they're in the other games. And I'm watching a cutscene that's, you know, all in Japanese, and my nine-year-old walks by, and she goes, who's that guy? And points at one of the lieutenants, and I'm like, <laughs> look, buddy, I don't remember <laughs> any of their names. I think it was Kuze, but I'm not 100% on that, or Kuze Mora. Like, there was a lot of names, and they talk really fast. Don't worry. They repeat their names quite often to our, to our, uh, what's the opposite of dismay? To our happy. <laughs> yeah. We will, you will, you will remember their names because they will beat it into your brain. Well, it's like a thing, like, every time I watch a movie, I try so hard to remember everybody's name because I always wonder how often they actually say people's names in movies. Like, then I would always, like, mess with, like, my daughters or whatever afterwards and be like, hey, you know the main character boy? What's his name? And they'll be like, I don't know. I just watched a two-hour movie, and I don't know this guy's name. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, me either. I completely forgot it. Yeah, the good thing with uh, Yakuza... Well, I, it's a bad thing, actually, because they're going to shotgun you with, like, 40 people in the first few chapters. But the good thing about the game is that you just spend the rest of the game getting to know those people. And event- okay. and you'll learn to decipher who's important and who's not. Because sometimes it'll trick you and, sh- and introduce someone like they're important, and then you'll only see them for, like a grand total of 10 minutes, you know, and then that's the only part that you see them in. Well, so far, every character has gone to close-up Borderlands Zoom, where it's like, Kuze Mora, lieutenant of the Hiramori family, a part of this clan. And I'm like, who is this guy again? Like, (laughs) what's his relation to me? Like, when do I get a Zoom in that says, like, Kiru, member, like, I know uh, this captain is above me, and, like, I don't remember the captain's name, but... He's like my dad at the same time. Kazuma. Like that's all I kind of figured out. Yeah. Yakuza talk. It, I'm bringing it back. Like now that you finish the games, I'm gonna start doing my part to bring the Yakuza corner back to gaming together. Well, I'm still. I am still in the middle of Yakuza Like a Dragon. So it's not going. I have Yakuza Like a Dragon, and then I have the Yakuza spinoffs, Judgment and uh, Lost Judgment. 
and then by the time I probably get done with Lost Judgment, Yakuza Like a Dragon 2 will be out. So it's not going anywhere, guys. So I'm sorry. This is a permanent segment in the game, in the whatever this is, what our, our hangout session. You came together mythos. You saved me. Thank you. All right. Besides that, though, um, I've also been playing Final Fantasy 13 too. And Jana commented <clears> to me when I was playing, I think maybe today or yesterday, she was like, I'm going to be so happy when you finish this game. Because... Like I don't like I don't know when was the last time you played it, but this game is pretty annoying to listen to because it <laughs> seems like like there's like the soundtrack is bangers, but there's like three tracks from what I can tell. There seems like it, each one's a bop, but the battle theme just comes right back, and each character's like, "Now we'll show them," or "That wasn't so bad." Like they're all just saying their generic, um, I don't know, like anime callouts. Now, when you said you're playing Final Fantasy 13 2, do you mean you're playing Final Fantasy 13 2 or Final Fantasy 13 also? Because 13 2 is a game. Yeah, 13, the first one. Okay, I got because I was wondering. Oh, I just got to the part where. Um, Spoiler, uh, what's his face? Hope tells Snow that Snow killed his mom. Snow's like, yeah, I know. I, I got a lot of people killed, but I just can't acknowledge it. Otherwise, I'll get really depressed. And he's <laughs> like, oh, so you know that you're ruining lives. And he's like, yeah, I know. Well, at least he's uh, self-aware. <laughs> yeah, I can't say I'm sorry because then I'll admit to myself that I screwed up or something like that. Like something really literal. I'm like, dang, that's heavy, bro. For yeah. a guy walking around without a shirt on that punches people. What is that subreddit? It's like, I'm 14 and this is deep. Yeah. <laughs> it's just very surface level, like, inspection, uh, introspection. Oh. Oh, that's the other thing is like, Janice, like, how can you be into this? And I'm like, I know. When I look at it, it looks like this game was written for a 14-year-old girl, but I love it. And she's like, <laughs> what does that say about you? Dude, I swear, man, when I'm playing Yakuza sometimes, I, especially the first six... <laughs> I, I, Kiri will do something and I'll swoon like a little teenage girl. Oh, I'll be like, yeah. oh, like, he's Kiri so is cool. so dreamy. I know. Like, and all the women always want him. And I'm just like, I know he's so, <laughs> he's so, he's the perfect man. Which speaking of, uh, Yakuza, I like a dragon. I've been playing slowly. I didn't write it down because I assumed Philip knew I was playing it. I just got tired of writing it out. I am very slowly. I think I'm about to get another party member, but I'm not sure who, because everything's starting to like boil over again. And I just lost a party member, possibly permanently. I don't know. I don't know if they're <sighs> gonna pull a Final Fantasy VII on you. So I don't. I'm not completely sure. I don't know if I'm gonna get like a replacement character or something. I'm still doing a bunch of sub stories. Like every time there's a sub story on the map, you get a little like icon, and so I just go to that icon and do it. Not all the Yakuza games do this. But I'm really thankful for it. Like, some of the Yakuza's just don't do it at all. And some of them, you have to get an item in, like, the mid-game that lets you, like, it'll it'll be like a radar pulse when you're near a sub-story. And you're like, oh, I can go over there and do that. It's terrible. The later games definitely just kind of show you where they're at. Like a Ubisoft yeah. game. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. But yeah, Like a Dragon's pretty good. Uh, is it Kasuga? Kasuga Ichiban? He's growing on me. Uh, he, I never disliked him. But I was like, this guy's definitely not Kiryu. But there is character development. And also the fact that this game is a JRPG. So you have a party with you. You always have this party with you, which is very unique. Because in Yakuza, Kiryu was very much a lone wolf. So for 80% of the games, you would just be by yourself. Even in the games where there are multiple multiple protagonists, you're still by yourself a lot. And it's your character going to other people and interacting with them. Whereas in this game, you are just constantly hearing the party banter. Is that Assassin's Creed Valhalla you wrote down? Oh, no. This is Valhalla, a cyberpunk bartender action. Gotcha. <laughs> okay. So that's what I've been playing. 
So this game left Game Pass today as of we're recording, but it used to be oh. on PC Game Pass. And on my Twitter account, like this game was always in my periphery. This It's like a uh, visual novel. This game, it's it has this aesthetic. It's a cyberpunk game where you're a bartender giving drinks to a bunch of like different wacky, quirky characters and getting them drunk and then just seeing uh, this girl, her name is Jill. You're just seeing how her life plays out. And on Twitter... I tend to follow almost everyone back that follows our Twitter account, uh, with a few exceptions. You know and, who you are. <laughs> well, it, if I look at your Twitter account <laughs> and you're not posting anything I'm interested in, then I'm just like, I don't know. I'm not going to follow you back, but thank you for following, man. <laughs> you know, it's, it's okay. There are like five or six randomly that are all like friends with each other. And I'm like, seeing this these characters pop up over and over again and the more i see them like the fans of this game are like hardcore like they really love this game and the game was already on my like radar like somewhere in the periphery of my radar because i do have an interest in visual novels my uh, playstation vita was basically exclusively a visual novel machine seeing that it was on game pass i downloaded it and just kind of shelved it and then recently i saw that it was leaving in like two weeks and so i was like i have to beat this game now but I don't want to just... I want to get all the achievements. I want to get a 1,000 in it. But I don't want to just rush through it. I definitely want to experience this. Because, like I said, the fans that I've been exposed to, they really love this game. So, turns out this game is really fucking good and everyone should play it. It's only $15 on wow. PC, PlayStation 4, and Switch. And no Xbox version, unfortunately. The Xbox version is the PC version. I don't know why they don't just port it to Xbox, but that happens, you know. Especially with Japanese games. Um, actually, I don't know if this game is Japanese or not, but it's got an anime aesthetic, so if that turns you off, I'm sorry. It's a very fucking good game. Uh, the characters are very quirky and memorable, almost every single character. It, it was so good that I was thinking in my head as I beat it, I kind of want to just make a tier list of all of these characters in this game, just to, like, see what I think, like, just to go through my own mental process to see how I feel about all of these characters. Because, you know, it's like S, A, B, C, D, and then F. It's like, I don't think anyone would go into the D category or below. Like, I don't think I disliked everyone. There's no losers? There was one that I hated in particular, and he turned out to be really fucking cool. There was a... I'm not going to give any spoilers, because I want everyone to experience this game. And it only takes, like, maybe eight hours, you know? Like, it's a visual novel. It's pretty light, though. As you're talking to these people, you're learning about them, obviously, you know what I mean? And and a lot of these people know each other, so they'll tell you everyone's backstory, and then the next time they come, which could be two or three days later, they'll elaborate on the backstory. So you ha you're juggling, like, an A plot, a B plot, C, D, E, F, G plot. You know, you're juggling a bunch of plots all at once. But the game does it pretty elegantly. And there is an overarching narrative with this character. Like, it, there's no choices. There are kind of choices. There are no, like, dialogue choices. But in the game, you literally mix drinks. That's the only game mechanic. You read their what everyone has to say, and then you mix the drinks when they ask you for drinks. And occasionally, they'll be cryptic with what they want. They'll be like, can you give me something manly or something? You know what I mean? Yeah. You giving them drinks changes their dialogue slightly. I used a walkthrough because I'm like, I don't care about the drink drinking portion i just want to read the story because so there are a lot of puzzles and there are because it'll if someone's like can you give me something sour there are like seven sour drinks and there's like one that they definitely want and then everything else they'll be like oh this is fine yeah uh, and that kind of changes their dialogue apparently i wouldn't know because i only picked the perfect drink every time and there are a lot of different kinds of i won't want to say trauma but like there's a lot of things the game actually deals with like loss and running away from things that you don't want to confront 
upon an inquiry on life itself if life is is has any meaning or if anything is real you know what i mean because it's cyberpunk there are robots walking around and so you know you have those kinds of ideas like you talk to a a a famous hacker for hire you talk to a mercenary hitman you talk to the the uh owner of a newspaper like like fucking in spider-man what's his name he wants the fucking uh, pictures of Spider-Man. JJ? Joan Jameson. Yeah, like John... John Jones <laughs> Jameson. I don't yeah. know. But um, you talk to a rich cat girl who who lost her eye somehow. You talk to basically a paladin. Uh, this woman who's like a paladin, but she's clumsy. You talk to a robot that's a sex worker that's designed to look very young. And which that has its own set of inquiries too, and like morality, like debates. And then you you talk to like, there's so many people. Like there's every single character is like full of life. The only people I don't like there's this there's this duo that comes in. They always come in together. It's like a robot and a lesbian. And I don't dislike either of them. And I like the lesbian because she's kind of quirky. But the robot is plain, and I, and that's supposed to be how he is. He's like that's the joke is that he's very plain average dude and there's a payoff at the end for all of that but i that robot every time he came in i was like ah i don't want to talk to this fucking guy Press <laughs> like, to skip. yeah i never skipped it because he he makes fun of the lesbian a lot and the and but like so their mechanic their whole like mechanic is that she's very like outgoing and like not aggressive but like rambunctious you know what i mean and then he is just kind of this anchor that keeps her from like just being an, a total obnoxious nuisance to everyone around her you know what i mean yeah so they compliment each other but i owe every time i'm like ah, i don't want to talk to this guy anyway that was the the corner for whatever i'm talking about valhalla the cyberpunk bar adventure yeah go buy it oh and the game is spelled it's spelled crazy but it's not that hard to find if you type in uh cyberpunk bartender game but it's va <laughs> it's va one one dash h-a-l-l dash a or it's something like that okay i don't know (laughs) it sounds pretty good anyway all right so talking about being a nuisance in a uh futuristic society you have guardians of the galaxy down here yeah i i bought this game kind of as a not as a joke i genuinely was curious and i wanted to play the game but i made a pretty declarative statement not too long ago maybe two or three months ago that I would rather pay $70 for an empty plastic case than play a Marvel game. But uh, here I am playing this Marvel game. And the main thing about it was I have a bunch of people that I listen to, like podcasts and YouTubers and stuff, and a lot, and everyone's just kind of saying that this Guardians of the Galaxy game is surprising, you know? Like, especially some people, like Chris Reagan, he's, he specifically is like, I fucking am so fatigued with Margo, Marvel. 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 But um but this game barely is a Marvel game. Like if you just close your eyes, it, it's not a Marvel game anymore. You know what I mean? Like it plays kind of like Final Fantasy Final Fantasy 7 remastered a little bit where like you control your main character but then you like kind of order your other characters that are running around with you and fighting uh to do special attacks and stuff. It's very funny. Like the the writing's really good. I'm constantly laughing out loud, like just listening to these guys banter. And there's a lot of context sensitive banter in this game that is, it's very funny. Like, because there are collectibles and there are like, there's like currency to upgrade your weapons and stuff. So you're walking around checking every nook and cranny and they are constantly calling you out for wandering off like a little ADHD child that didn't get his riddle <laughs> in the morning. 
like specifically there's one like the one of the very first parts like you're walking with rocket raccoon and groot rocket like you come to a fork in the road and there's a hole in the ship and then there's a path leading down on the right and rocket's like sniffing and he's like ah there's nothing that way like we got to go this way this will get us there and you guys walk over and if, so obviously i'm like i'm gonna go check that way and as you yeah. start walking down you're like he's like what are you doing <laughs> i told you there's nothing down there and then you get to the end and you find the collectible and he's like oh looky there oh peter quill found himself a dead end i don't know like they're just constantly busting your balls you know like especially if you leave mid-sentence i think there are even contexts sensitive of you leaving in mid-sentence and they're like where are you going i was talking to you you know what i mean <laughs> as you as you duck under a hole and leave them <laughs> to go find some collectible i mean that sounds pretty good i'm gonna have to check it out then because i heard yeah. that the uh the other one was bad the um avengers one yeah i avengers was kind of like a, a it was supposed to be a multiplayer game this one is specifically single player there's like no co-op or anything even though it seems like a game that would have co-op it makes a lot of sense the way the game is in context uh like i said before like the game is like final fantasy 7 remake where all of the guardians that are with you currently are actively fighting while you're fighting like they're doing their own thing but then they have special moves that go on cooldowns that you can tell them to do and so that's pretty cool and the combats it's fine it's passable you know it gets you from point a to point b while like waiting for the so that you can get back to the funny dialogue you know what i mean it's kind of like playing uh well i was gonna say it's kind of like playing yakuza <laughs> oh my god because do we need to move this along i'm not a fan of the the combat in yakuza oh. i like i like the turn-based turn-based combat I, I like it more than the brawler combat the brawler combat's actually annoying i usually play all the yakuza games on easy just to fucking get through it um unless there's an achievement for playing it on normal so it's like the combat is not what i want but the combat is just a means to get to the next dialogue section you know what i mean because i yeah. want all that character development and there's not like a there's not a ton of character development in Guardians of the Galaxy. I don't think anyone was expecting that. But what is there is a lot of witty humor. And um, I was afraid it was going to be like, oh, it's just a fucking it's just a Marvel movie. But I I think it stands out enough, especially with the context stuff, like your actions directly causing them to make fun of you in some way uh, is is pretty funny. Also, there is a telltale you know rocket will remember that kind of shenanigan going yeah. on where uh two people will be arguing and then you can butt in there is one specific one where so rocket can hack like little panels to access stuff or open doors or extend bridges and, or something drax you know the, the huge green guy yeah, he is, like, standing there, and we're like, oh, how do we get over there? And he just grabs Rocket by, like, the back of the neck and goes, I could toss the rodent. And he's like, put me down, you swaggin' swaggin'. You know what I mean? And they have made up cuss words because it's, like, it's rated T. Yeah. But um, you can encourage Drax to throw him. And so you do that, and then he you, he throws him across the – and he's, he, like, lands <laughs> on his stomach, and he's laying there. <laughs> and he gets up oh, no. and he's screaming in the distance and then Grimora, the the chick the assassin is like well at least he's not shooting at us and as soon as she finishes the sentence a bunch of bullets just start flying at you <laughs> and i'm and he's just pissed off the, for the rest of the fucking trip he's just really uh, angry at you um sounds pretty good there's some real good humor like you you meet a woman like way later on and she's like the the fucking queen boss bitch of this like place it's pretty early on in the game i haven't played that much I'm on like chapter four, maybe, or maybe three. This is like the beginning of chapter three when you meet this woman and you're, and you're trying to scam her. 
and but she's more interested in trying to fuck Drax <laughs> because he's <laughs> it's, it's very he's she's like talking to, specifically to Drax and Peter Quill's like what the fuck she's ignoring me and then Drax is like I think she's hitting on me and you can just be like hey take the lead big guy and then he's like you would make a fine sparring partner <laughs> and she's just like <laughs> digging it she's eating it up she's like it's fucking great I'm, I'm very impressed i was talking to my friends i was like if i would i would pay 40 bucks for this game and literally two days later the black friday sale comes along and it's 40 bucks and i'm just like ah shit <laughs> now i gotta buy it yeah i gotta put my foot in my mouth about the marvel thing because here i am not only did i pay for a marvel game but i'm also enjoying that a lot of it so all right so nave i have a little announcement at this point as for our interesting news nave what if i told you that our listeners at home can help support the pod without paying a single penny. They support us emotionally already, Tuff. You're I know, not telling me anything new. What, what if they could support the pod financially without having to pay anything? How? How? Perfect. I'm glad you asked. Okay, so listeners at home, down in the bottom of our notes, we're going to start doing this for each of our episodes, we are now Amazon affiliate officials. So if you go down there, there's a little Amazon link, you click on it, and it's, we're probably going to put whatever we want in there. Like for the one that I have down here that's in our notes, it's for a original Xbox copy of Morrowind from the Bethesda store on Amazon. Now, you don't have to buy the, the thing we linked, but here's how it works. You click that link, you go along and do any of your normal Amazon shopping. A little bit of that will come back to us here gaming together. It doesn't cost you anything extra. But it helps support the pod. This sounds like a pyramid scheme. <clears throat> yeah. Well, I mean, now we're working for the bad guys. I mean, we're working for uh, <laughs> Amazon now. So uh, just use your, I don't know, come to terms with your ethics and your morals and just don't think about it. Why didn't you tell me this like literally 30 minutes ago when I was buying those Nintendo Switch gift cards off of Amazon? You know, it's funny because we were talking about that and I forgot. Sick, dude. Yeah, I also did not put it in the notes. I could have been our first patron. Oh, well. I don't look at the notes. So with that, do you have anything before we take a break and then hit our game? Uh, Break time. And we're back. Okay, Nave. So our game this week actually, actually requires a <laughs> bit of a... Yeah, I know. It requires a bit of a introduction more than we've given some of our other games. So are you ready for a little story? Uh, sure. Well, Nave. I don't know what he's going to do. A long so. time ago, <laughs> before the age of men was the age of elves. And elves had long lives to devote to their passions. Their lives as long as their ears. Yeah. Those dang knife ears. And they spent most of their time worshipping their elven gods. That created them. But what if I told you not all the elves wanted to worship those gods? That sounds uh, about right. Yeah. And two major groups... <clears throat> would break away and form their own tribes. They were known as the Chimer, who had golden skin and worshipped the primordial chaos gods known as the Daedra, and the Dwemer, with their lighter copper skin, that would forsake the gods altogether and devote their lives to science. So, Are the Dwemer the dwarves? Yes, they are. And the two tribes, leaving the other elves, settled on a little island known as Morrowind. They would then fight a never-ceasing battle for the island, eventually about to eradicate both of them until a new threat arrived. Humans. 
Humans are the new is threat. The first, is it the first time we've mentioned that it's Morrowind? Yes. The okay. game is Morrowind, and this is the lead up. So men showed up. Because it could be ESO. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just hit my knee. One of the Chimer named Nerevar became the first Horatator and war chief and was able to unite peace with the dwarves to fight back the Imperials. And peace was declared. The dwarves began to make massive fortresses and machines, while the Chimers just kind of spread across the land to worship their gods. And while digging into the heart of the Red Mountain Volcano, the dwarves uncovered the heart of a god of creation, and they believed they could use it to make themselves immortal and godlike on their own. They dug too deep. So Dagoth, best bro of old Nerevar, said, hey, those dwarves are about to commit blasphemy and become gods. And Nerevar said, not on my watch. And he approached the dwarves, and the dwarves were like, oh crud, and activated the heart. And in that instance, all the dwarves across all the planets disappeared. And that's why there's no dwarves in Oblivion or Skyrim either. Anyways, Good. That, le- that mortally injured Nerevar, and he was left in possession of the heart of power. So he says to all his bros, hey guys, this heart's not good. Don't use it. Bad things will happen. He dies, and he entrusts Dagoth to guard the tools of the heart of Kagnrak, of course. And Dagoth insisted that he's the only one that can be trusted with the tools and refused to, you know, give control to all the bros of the race. So he used it and started becoming his own godlike being and became a very rude dude. So all the other bros, Vivek, Soltha, and Alexia, Almexia? Almexia, yeah, teamed up and they put old Dagoth to sleep for thousands of years to stop him from abusing the power of the heart. And they were like, there, see, you know, we're all good. No one needs to use the heart. We'll do what our bro Nerevar said. And guess what happened, Dave? Why did you ask me that as soon as I put a bunch of mashed potatoes in my mouth? You're right. They broke their <laughs> oaths and they decided to use the heart themselves. And what do you know it? They were cursed. They achieved their godlike powers. But the ash of the mountain and the fires beneath curse the elves or all the remaining chimer, turning their skin ashen blue and their eyes fiery red. And that's why they're dark elves now. They are now known as dumbners. And Anyways, what do they call people who aren't dark elves? Well, what do, which elves do you mean? Because all the elves have names. No, I meant what do they call you when you walk up to them and they attack you? Oh, I don't know. I can't say that on the pod. <laughs> I don't know if we can say that one. They say a name. I don't remember what it is. Okay. But it's funny every time. Yeah. Okay. It's it's funny because it's like the elven N-word. It seems. <laughs> and so I'm like, I don't know if we could say this one. But it's in apostrophe W-A-H. Noah. That doesn't sound yeah, right. It's weird. But yeah, they... Uh, Something like that. Yeah. All the elves hate everyone that's not an elf. Anyways, turns out they weren't able to kill Dagoth all the way. He wakes up in the mountain. He starts infecting the ash that is going around and infecting all of the dark elves in the surrounding area, giving them bad dreams and infecting them into like these weird sleeping monsters that look very Cthulhu. And wait, the, the dreamers were only dark elves. Yeah. The dreamers were dark elves that were infected by the ash. You know, now that I think about it, I don't remember a dreamer not being a dark elf. Yeah. And huh. by the way, the dark elves just they kind of stand around and, uh, they say weird things to you about Dagoth. Anyways. And they're naked. Yeah, they just stand around in the ash. 
Uh, it's up to Vivek and the rest of his bros to create a giant fog wall to try to keep in Dagoth. And it's not really doing enough. And without access to the heart, Vivek and the rest are losing their godhood, and maybe they too will become mortal. Legend tells that only a second coming of the Nerevar, known as the Nera Ravine, can save the world from the corrupting heart. And Nave, what if I told you in Morrowind you are the chosen one? No. Yeah. No. Yeah, you Just are. like all the other ones? Yeah. Well, no. In Oblivion, you weren't the chosen one, remember? What do you mean? Are you really not? In Oblivion, you were the hero. You were the hero of Kvatch. That was like your title. But you're. But the fucking but, emperor um, is like. What's his face? Marcus? Mathis? What's his name? Okay, I guess you're kind of the chosen one because the emperor is like, you, I've seen you in my dreams. Yeah, th- that's some chosen one type shit. <laughs> well, yeah, but then. Okay, I guess, but you're not the one that fights <laughs> the danger at the end. I do not remember any of the story besides the prison scene <laughs> of okay, Oblivion. So, well, it starts out. You're the emperor, Tiberium Septum the Seventh, is being Are we assassinated go through by this a mythic one too? dawn. No. <laughs> a part of a prophecy that only the line of kings can keep back. Okay, I'll stop. But yeah, so that whole Bible story is the setup for Morrowind. And I don't know about you, but that stuff is my jam. Like, to go back to the Quake episode, like, this... <laughs> Forgotten sleeping gods that awake under a volcano to corrupt people in their dreams with ash is just like it's perfect. It's perfect. I but 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 Tuv Philip, what? what do we call you on this podcast? Uh, how are we talking about this on the co-op podcast, the the Oblivion game, the Morrowind game? I mean, oh, I forgot we were supposed to cover that. Yeah, okay. So this game is actually Morrowind. We played the game of the year edition. But we didn't play the original, original version. We played the Open Morrowind Total Conversion mod, which had another mod stacked on top of it that was the Co-op Morrowind mod, I think it was called. Open Co-op Morrowind or something. But anyways, it is where you can have up to, I think it was listed as like 64 players maybe in one Morrowind server. All at the same time, running around, completing quests, fighting guards, uh, assassinating thieves guild, guild masters, that type of stuff. And in our experience, before we get too far into it, we were going to just do like a private server, but I could not figure out how to host a server. So me and you just joined a public server, and that came into its own troubles. But we'll yeah. come back to that in a second. Would you like to see what our Twitter patrons said about Morrowind? So last week, when we were gonna record, we you might realize that we are a little late because we've had a lot of uh, scheduling conflicts. You could say <laughs> last week I had a question just asking about Elder Scrolls Morrowind, asking for sco- stories, what your favorite one, which one's your first, the playstyle, stuff like that. All right, so the first one is from Tales from the Backlog at TFTBL Pod. He said, played Morrowind first. I'll always remember stealing the big decorative plate in the census and excise office, then immediately dropping it, getting scolded, picking it back up, and selling it for some quick early game cash. And, of course, finding the scroll of Icar in flight. Now, that last part, I think I think I also got almost arrested right at the beginning of that game, too, when I was a child. Yeah. But um, 
the Ic- the the scroll of Icarian flight. That's the guy that falls down in the forest, yeah. right? Like right in front of you. Thunk. Each time. Yeah, we so the funny thing about the mod is it just spawned us in like a random city. It's it spawned actually it spawned us in that one city, right? Oh, more like yeah. Yeah, like the first like main city. So it just spawned us there. It didn't spawn us over where the boat where the guy wakes you up. It didn't spawn us there. Then we got one from Eric from Game Positive at Game Positive YT. Fargoth's ring colon steal return to gain favor with local shopkeeper return. And then steal it back by waiting for him to stash it in a tree trunk in the pond next to Sedanine Lighthouse. Morrowind Goat. Do you know what he's talking about? That is one of the best quests. Like in the beginning of Sedanine, both of these guys are referring to the first five minutes of the game pretty much after you make your character. Because like one is like the decorative plate is right in front of the or right in the office after you make your character. You get to go to like a pretty much a room by yourself and you can just grab the plate. Or he's referring to Fargoth's ring where there's a ring in the barrel like right outside I think the office and it's like a pretty cheap magic ring but there's a guy that's like I lost my ring and I can't find it and he has a whole little quest line oh yeah so that's the thing with I I mentioned it already just a few seconds ago but since we were playing it multiplayer and since this game is so big we decided really early on that we're not going to see a lot of this game. <laughs> like we're, yeah, we we want to just, we want to beat the campaign, like the the main story, because Philip had never done it before. I obviously had never done it before, and so I was like, hell yeah! And then we're like, let's do the the Fighters Guild or whatever. Is it the Fighters Guild? Yeah, we were like, let's do the Fighters Guild, or let's and then let's do the Morog Tong. Yeah, we and then we started to do the Mages Guild because you were going to be a mage, and then we got the first quest, and you were like, "Nah." <laughs> well, the quest was no like, more. "I need you to go collect four different types of mushrooms that grow randomly on this coastline," and I'm like, "Nay, we're not going to do this one." <laughs> but we did complete the Morog Tong or whatever. But I did we beat the Fighters Guild or did we just no, stop we after the first? It. We just stopped after a minute because like the final yeah, the- Fighters Guild is to kill the Guildmaster of the Thieves Guild which I thought was pretty metal, but we never got around to it. Yeah, well, after like the after the first like 4 days when we checked our progress on the wiki, like where we were in the story, we were like, okay, we need to speed the story along, so some things are going to have to be put on hold. And then we hit this fucking this is going a little far deep in, so I'm not going to go into detail, but we hit a roadblock very deep in that grounded us down. <laughs> like our will was my will in particular <laughs> like i become so i became so disheartened with this game but um we could talk about that later so the next one is from the still loading podcast good tweet good tweet at still loading pod uh not a big elder scrolls fan and never beat this game but i did try it in one of the early quests i had to receive an item from some cave that had bandits in it i spent 3 hours trying to find the damn thing inside the cave fighting monsters way above my level Finally cleared out the whole cave and I still couldn't find it. Died so many times, only to discover that it was in the front of the cave in some random shelf that was super hard to see. I rage quit and I never went back. That sounds about right, Philip. Yeah, that, that's <laughs> the Morrowind experience. I'm glad he uh, understood. That was generally my experience as well, except what I did was I, I was like on a mountain and I fought one of those fucking cliff ca- racers. Cra- cliff racers, yeah, these yeah. annoying flying things. And um, I killed one. And then I saved my game and uh, proceeded to 
I was super dead. I didn't. Re- I don't understand because in some RPGs you just heal after battles, right? I this yeah. was my first Western RPG, so I, I saved my game, walked out, like walked around, and then got killed, and then walked backwards, and there was another one like nearby that would aggro on me basically every time, and so I would was desperately just trying to run away, get away from this cliff that I'd saved in in the middle of, and couldn't, and that's when I stopped playing, and that was probably like. 13 or 14 hours into the game and i probably accomplished absolutely nothing so i didn't even know this game had a story honestly like i would just wander around in that game when i was a kid you but know, yeah do we have any more tweets we have two. Oh, we'll do them real quick and then we should go over our uh, first experiences with the game again that's a good idea from the xbox live party podcast at xbl party podcast Morrowind was my first. Leveling up agility so you could kangaroo across the map. That was our favorite fucking thing. Philip had some kind of secret hidden ninja strategy to get it up to 99. He got his fucking agility up to 99 twice before I got it up to 99 once. I have no idea how he fucking did it. We can talk about that in a second, though. Yeah, keep going. And then uh, KB123 at Keegan1909017. As a mouthful. Oblivion is the best Elder Scrolls. Morrowind was my first. Build is generally stealth slash one-handed, or armor and have or unarmed and heavy armor. I engage in most side content. So unarmed and heavy armor, that's fucking metal as hell. <laughs> okay, he's gotta be referring to Oblivion. Because in Oblivion you definitely got like bonuses where you do more damage with unarmed, but in Morrowind, the the way the unarmed worked, it was just based on, I think it was just a flat like damage scaling based on your strength, and then once that capped out, like you couldn't do any more damage. And the other thing was like, unarmed damage is non-lethal unless you knock them on the ground first, and so you would only do fatigue damage till they fell down. Then you would start doing health damage, but then they couldn't get back up once they were on the ground. So it was pretty good. So you just like like it's like you're jumping them, just kicking them on the ground. <laughs> All right, yeah. that was that was them all. Okay, thank you guys well, for writing in. We've already heard your initial like first time like RPG of the year or the greatest RPG ever when Morwen described. But would you like to do a recap for listeners that might have not heard our other episodes? Was it on another episode? I said it, or was it on that game uh, Game Positive podcast? You, I you've done about. it on an episode of here and over there. Well, essentially, I played Final Fantasy VIII when I was way too young to understand what games were, but it set my, set this expectation of what I wanted to play. Like I wanted to play that game again. I I spent years looking for it, not actively, just passively looking for it. And I didn't know how to describe the game. I didn't know what the game's name was. I didn't, I was just a kid. Eventually I talked to a guy at this, uh, this, uh, local game shop i guess it is it's like it's like a trading card shop that also had playstation 1 games at this point the playstation 2 was out so these were like retro games and i was explaining him the game and he was like oh because i was like it's a really cool looking guy and he's got an awesome fucking sword and the game plays like pokemon and he's like oh i know what you're talking about and he takes me to the shelf and it has final fantasy 8 right there i'm like there it is but then he grabs final fantasy 7 and hands it to me and i'm looking at it and i'm like is this it and i'm like and I'm looking at Final Fantasy VIII, and I'm, like, reaching for that one to look at it. And I, I, before I get my hands on that game, he goes, oh, no, 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 you don't want that one. Trust me, you want this one. 
because technically he's right. I did ex- just directly explain Final Fantasy VII as well because both of those games <laughs> yeah. had cool looking characters with crazy swords, play like Pokemon. But I went home and I played Final Fantasy VII, and it was like nothing I remembered because obviously the game's graphics were way worse. The combat system's different. At the very beginning of Final Fantasy VIII, you could like you could fight a fucking T Rex. And I was like, I remembered that T-Rex. I was like, I want to fight the dinosaur. Where are the dinosaurs? I'm fighting, like, polygon people that look like they're made together. <laughs> they're put together with Play-Doh and Doritos, dude. I don't want to fight these guys. But, um, yeah, way later on in my life, I still never played Final Fantasy VIII. But I, at this point, I knew what role-playing game was. And I knew Final Fantasy was a role-playing game. And I saw Morrowind in a case, and it was backwards. It was the Game of the Year edition. And on the back, it said, Best RPG Ever in, like, words you know what i mean in big yellow words and i was like best one this is the best one i need to get this game (laughs) you know (laughs) they did it they they found the the formula and uh i brought it home and it was not final fantasy (laughs) it was the the furthest thing from final fantasy i learned some very big words from it yeah but otherwise i was very unhappy with my purchase because I was back when I was a kid and I only got a few games every few months. You know what I mean? So I was like one of my allotted games. I just did. I was way too dumb to understand how to play. I remember the first time I played it, uh, it was at a friend's house and he had just gotten it and he had the game of the year edition as well. And I remember we opened it up and he's like, yo, dude, this game's so sweet. You can turn into a werewolf in it. And I'm like, dude, that is wild. We got to do that. He's like, all right, so we're going to make a new character. And we are we need to go to Werewolf Island, which is like Soul Time or whatever. And it's the in-game DLC area that me and you didn't even go to. But he's like, it's all the way to the north. And it says you can get there by taking a boat from Cole, which is a city in like the top left of the island. And we're like, cool. Well, we didn't know anything about this game. So we're like, well, we'll just walk there. So <laughs> we proceed to walk our level one butt across the continent and as a level one, you are trash tier. You can't do anything as a level one in this game, except for maybe fight one rat one time and then go back and heal to come back and fight one other one rat. <laughs> but anything more than that is going to whoop you so many times. So we spent days, literal, like real world days, like trying to travel up there. Like we didn't know you could take the flea or the boats or anything like that. And you know the funny part is, is on the Xbox version, by the way, I was playing the Xbox version. Did you know there was cheat codes for it? No, I did not. I well, was also Dave, playing the Xbox version. Yeah, you would hover over either the like your magic bar, your health bar, or your fatigue bar, and then each one had a separate code, a sequence of about eight buttons that you would push with the white and black buttons, and then you would hold down A, and it would charge up, like completely fill it up. Now, this was cool, Except we were dumb kids. So we would like get in a fight and it would just be terrible because you'd be finding a guard and we're like level one. The guard would hit you once, drop your health down to like 3%. You'd pause the game, put in the cheat code, refill your health, <laughs> and then come back out get just hit to get hit again. Yeah. It, or like They'd get like a, a two hit in and instantly kill you and be like, oh my God, what was the last <laughs> save? It's like, well, our last save was whenever we were about to die earlier fighting the same guard or something like that. We only have one save. So it was terrible, but I loved it. For the love of God, everyone, if you learn anything from both of these stories, it's save in multiple slots. Please start saving in multiple slots. 
they left right. them there for you to use. Which at the time, um, I pulled up the review scores and it's kind of interesting because I look at it and the lowest one they got was Edge. I guess Edge Magazine, maybe? I don't even Maybe know. it was The Edge, the, the WWF Edge? wrestler. He's got, well, Mr. The Edge gave it a 6 out of 10. Can you believe that? I, I can believe that. He probably was suffering like we were as children, except he was just a dumb adult. Yeah, for reference, Game Informer gave it a 9, and IGN gave it a 9.4. Whatever. That's pretty good for the time, actually, I think. so. Yeah, it's weird because you're looking at Metacritic, right? They kind of, like, yeah. retroactively go back to a lot of reviews and, like, score them the way Metacritic scores everything. Like, because some reviews, I think a lot, especially older ones, did they even give scores and stuff like that? Because that's, that's why a lot of old games are, like, like, The Legend of Zelda is, like, a 99, you know what I mean? Like, Ocarina yeah. of Time and stuff like that. And I'm not saying it's not, like, a fucking ph- phenomenal game, but it's really interesting how you go back and like retroactively score something. Cause if they don't have a num- numerical score or a star score, they have to like m- read it and like figure out what they think they got. You know what I mean? Like, what do yeah. you think this is or something like that? I think that's how Metacritic works. I'm just a fucking invalid. I don't know what the hell anyone, I don't know what anyone's talking about. I just try to act like I'm authority. Well, plus the scores are all opinion based, right? Yeah. But this is a relevant playthrough for us. Because Skyrim Anniversary Edition just came out, right? Did it really? I think so. I thought it just came out for November, right? I don't. It, that sounds right. November is the November would be like the anniversary. Yeah, because it came out eleven eleven, right? Morrowind came out two thousand two. Yeah, because I was gonna say I think uh, Oblivion was like two thousand six or seven, right? Yeah, they were pumping them out back then. Yeah, and Skyrim's just been released like seven times. Oh, Todd Thanks. Howard, when will you Thanks, learn? Thanks, Todd. You sweet little lies. All right. So now let's get into the nitty gritty. We said we were going to hit it, and this is it. Let's talk about the adventure of Gopher Farts and Baloney Kickflip. Our <laughs> OC characters do not steal. Can you guess who is who? Write in the comments, like and subscribe, hit that bell. Tell us yeah. who you think is okay. is who's Baloney Kickflip and who's Gopher Farts. Is the most recent episode of our podcast even uploaded on YouTube right now? I'm going to go look in real time and see if we, I've disappointed Probably not. I've disappointed my bloodline. Where is YouTube at? No. <laughs> no, it's not uploaded. Oh, well, good. We'll have to give that up. Good. Good. So, just a quick. Oh, Nave. Uh, you know, I did that whole brief about the story of the game. Turns out yeah. I had already written a Lauren story thing in the notes, which is much shorter. Where? Under Lauren story, I said, oh, yeah, "Ascend right as the Neverine and the Horitator to reach Apotheosis, kill a god." and other gods' heart to save the world from being driven to madness and transformed into Cthulhu monsters. Is a horror tater like a tater tot made out of horse meat? No, if you listen to my brief earlier, the, the horror tater is the, the chief of all the dark elves. This is the point, uh, by the way, listeners, the part that he's talking about, this is when I mentally checked out. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, was, I was grinded down into paste. Like I was just a Play-Doh stain on the ground. Okay, so let's talk about what really grinds you down in this game. So the big game mechanics I wanted to cover would be like hit chance, traveling, fast travel, leveling. The journal. The journal. Oh, the journal. Okay, so, God. <laughs> Did you ever see me that thing? Yeah, I sent it to you. It should be in our in our Discord. Let me roll the Discord back real quick. So in, this is always the joke, in Oblivion, you get it, or no, in Skyrim, you get a quest, and it says... 
there's some bad bears in the neighborhood. Go kill 10 bears. And you're like, okay, cool. I'll go ten, kill 10 bears. And it pops up on your screen. In Oblivion, it says, hey, bears are making it hard for hunting. I need you to go clear out the bears in the area. And you're like, okay. And you kill 10 bears. And in Morrowind, it's like on the 15th day of our Lord. <laughs> you know, like it's this super drawn out Bible adventure about who this person is, why they need the bears killed. Uh, God, it's just so many steps. Oh, I found it. This is after we, oh, what was it? Okay, this is right whenever we were about to become the chief. We needed to complete this quest. And I'm going to read this to this, you now. This is the context. Yeah. Um, Philip's quest line was glitched, which is just a quirk of us playing in co-op. So we were only doing my quest line, and he was just going to do his on his own later. So he needed me to relay the journal information, because we were trying desperately to not use the wiki. Yeah. <laughs> we were trying for a long time. We were trying to just decipher this fucking puzzle within an enigma that we kept getting in our journal. So I read this to him word for word. There was like 10 seconds of silence. And I was like, I have no idea what the hell I just read, dude. And you immediately go, I'm going to go look at the wiki. <laughs> because you had no idea what I read either. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah. I'm like, Nave, just tell me what we need to do. And you're like, Sun Matul has given me the following quest. Go to Kokroon, the ancient halls of House Dagoth. Get three tokens. One, corpus weepings from a corpus beast. Two, a cup with the mark of House Dagoth. And three, the shadow shield, which lies on the tomb of Dagoth Morin, in the lava tunnels deep beneath ruined Kogarun. If I bring him these three tokens, he will reveal to me the secret of the third trial of the Neverine. I think it's the other one. That one's pretty straightforward. It's oh. the other one that I was confused by. Okay, you can read the other one. I don't want to read that. It's so long. It says... <laughs> Hold on, let me put on a voice. This... Oh, no. Actually, it's there's a bunch of hard words, too. Okay. <laughs> I have passed Sol Matul's warrior's test. Now I must find the cavern of the incarnate, a secret place sacred to Azura, and look for the moon and star of the prophecies. To find the cavern of incarnate, I must solve a riddle. The eye of the needle lies in the teeth of the wind. The mouth of the cave lies in the skin of the pearl. The dream is the door, and the star is the key. Sol Matul called this riddle wisdom's test, and says, take counsel of the wisdom of the tribes to find the way. Now, what are you supposed to do? <laughs> like, what, is, what is that? What is it telling you to do there? <laughs> okay, so we know the answer because this is walk east and then there should be a, a valley that you walk down and it leads right to the cavern, which we found after I pulled the wiki and I'm like, Nave, it's somewhere over there. And you're like, I found a path. It's going kind of western <laughs> though, less, not really east. And I'm like, no, that's probably not it. And then you're like, I walked down the end of the path. There's a giant cave that says, cave of the ancients or something like that and i'm like that's the place and then he was like now what do we what does this riddle mean and then you looked up the answer and it's like we just need to wait until the sun comes up (laughs) we need to wait for dawn which we don't control time in this game so it meant we would just stand outside the cave until dawn well, and normally you would be able to control time by resting, but we could not because we were in a server where all of us had the same day and night cycle, so we couldn't fast forward. We had to stand there and wait for like 15, 20 minutes. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that is the Morwin quest system. By the way, that was your quest objective. That wasn't even flavor text. That was literally your mission was to, to decipher that. What I remember one point, so we're trying, we're brute forcing our way through this game. And we always look at it and it's like people on server two or something like that. 
And at one point we started to see other people on the server. I think maybe like here and there. And yeah. I remember me and Nave were, I think fighting dark brotherhood members or something like that. And we were getting creamed. <laughs> like we were dying back and forth. And in the, the in-game log, it's like gopher farts has died. Baloney kickflip has died to dark brotherhood, you know, like repeatedly. And you can revive each other just by like clicking on their body before they disappear. Like we can revive each other real quick, but you come back with 1% health. So then yeah. you're just going to die again. And so me and were just basically teeter totting like back and forth reviving each other. And randomly, just some other guy in the chat named like Danny or something like that just says, you guys die a lot. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, what? <laughs> you're going to call us out like that? <laughs> I would think I was like, LOL in the chat. He's like, do you need help? <laughs> we're still dying. It's like 10 minutes to kill these. Because there's two of them. We both tried to rest at the same time and two Dark Brotherhood members showed up to assassinate us. And these guys, they're not that hard at first, but they get really hard the more you kill. Like, they get really hard to kill. They were so hard that we went off into the DLC just to get far enough in the quest to stop them from fucking coming after us. Yeah, because as the Neverine, of course, um, they're trying to assassinate you because you're the chosen one and they don't want you screwing things up for them. So, yeah. Uh, Dark Brotherhood were pretty scary. They were also our main source of income. Yes, because their armor was worth a pretty penny. So they actually supported us through most of the game with the money we earned from killing our assassins. Until we had to stop. Which, we, since we were in a shared world, Nave, there, this was a problem because the, day, the game was designed for one player. So there were many quests where we were stuck. Like right at the beginning, it's like, go collect a dwarven puzzle cube. Yep. We go in there. And there's one dwarven puzzle cube, but both of us need to turn it into the other guy. And so we're like, what do we do with this? Because like, I think we ended up going like, all right, Nave, do the quest. And it's like puzzle cube removed from inventory. Well, great. <laughs> I can't turn in the puzzle cube now because Nave turned in the quest item. So you had to wait till the next day and I had just run through the quest with you. And then after that, you were like, I'm just going to do this in my free time because you, you have a reliable schedule. I okay. do not. I, I can get home anywhere between one thirty in the afternoon to 8 o'clock at night. <laughs> and so, like, it just depends on how badly the mail system has failed us as a community. So, yeah, that's also why we we, uh, we were having scheduling conflicts all fucking week last week. We, we tried multiple times to, to record, and every single time I would get sent somewhere else to, like, help a route that went down because someone collapsed from COVID or something. Someone had I don't heat know. exhaustion while delivering mail. You had to go yeah, in the out. middle of December or November, <laughs> whenever it was. But yeah. Okay, so I do want to recap a little bit more of what we actually did in the game because we had a lot of fun with our separate characters because I decided to go full magic because I'm like, this game is a little complicated on the magic system. Nave's not going to give a heck about this. I'll go full magic to do any magic things we need. And Nave can just sniff glue in the corner. I don't know what he's going to do. And of course you were like, I was a barbarian. Yeah. I'm going to make a bonk boy. And I'm like, perfect. <laughs> Which is funny because in the, in the early game, I was like a scary fucking monster, but in the late game, you ended up doing way more melee damage than I did. <laughs> so yeah. I definitely scaled better than you. It was very sad, but I was also like more knowledgeable about like the little things in the game. Like it wasn't until our third or fourth day when I'm like, we're not moving fast enough. And I just, when Nave was online, I went out and I got the boots of blinding speed and I got an extra set of the boots of blinding speed the next day. And I crafted a spell 
that would resist the blinding nature of the boots because these boots they're blinding and they're speedy. <laughs> the, the, you are both blindingly speedy and then you speedily become blind yeah because you put them on and it just grays out your screen where you can't see anything at all like nothing you just can't see and you're like well tough so i had to make two custom spells good thing i was a wizard so i could like resist the blindness and then another one but it, like it was like a hundred percent blindness so this was like a hard <laughs> spell to cast. So I could only cast it like two times in the early game before I needed to take a nap or take a sleep as we agreed it was to get my magic back. Cause your magic doesn't re- regenerate and you also have a fail rate on your spells. So I only had like a 60% chance of casting the spell correctly each time and it only lasted for one second. So I had to cast <laughs> it on Nave and he had to take his boots off and put them back on while he was enchanted Otherwise, you would just go blind again. Which, there's a fail rate on everything. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Not just spells. Everything. You Even your melee attacks. This game is infamous for confusing the shit out of little kids because you're clearly hitting something, but it is not getting hit. It's, it, it's very confusing. You have to literally level up the skill that coincides with the type of attack you're doing, and then you may hit. It's kind of like RuneScape. This game is a lot like RuneScape in a lot of ways, actually. We constantly are saying that, or I was at least. Yeah. This in this game, like so Philip described it in a way that made it make sense to me, to my fucking ape brain. So he was like, okay, so your axe skill is like 67. So imagine you're rolling like a D one hundred. You have to roll under sixty seven, like sixty seven or lower in order to get a hit, right? Yeah. But also, it takes into account that the enemy has, you know, armor and shit. Because you have an armor level, too. It's like D&D, how you have armor class. Um, so, he, it's like, there's there's a lot of math going on every time you swing your weapon, uh, unfortunately. And so, the only way to level up is to actually connect with your hit. But if your level is low, then you're not going to connect very often. But when your level gets higher, you're going to connect more often. But it takes, like, exponentially more experience to level it yeah, up. It really does. So, it still Forever. takes an absolutely obnoxious amount of experience. Since we're on the subject, uh, tell us about your bunny hopping, about your oh. acrobatics knowledge. Okay, so really it comes down to just mashing the crap out of the jump button when you're on any incline. Because you can jump even if like you just barely touch the ground. And like it takes a second for you to get off the ground. So if you're going up a set of stairs, you can just hit the jump button. And on one jump, you can actually do like three or four jumps. Your character will only have the same energy or inertia or whatever as he had one jump but for experience wise you will gain four jumps of experience or so and this was useful because at one point i lagged out of the game and reconnected and my character skills (laughs) were set back to base except for my total player level and my inventory so all of a sudden i was a level 20 character with level 30 acrobatics again and i'm like well time to power level it's like now I can all of a sudden scale my levels so much higher because of everything resetting. Yeah, so in the end, he was like 12 or 13 levels higher, like main character levels higher than you. And the only thing that really affects is how much health and magicka and stamina you have. But that's pro- actually very important because whenever me and him would start fucking dueling each other like it was Borderlands, yeah. because occasionally we just wanted to fight to take off some steam, I was never winning ever any fights because i was hitting him harder than he was hitting me and i was hitting him more consistently but his hits were taking more of a percent of my health away because even though they were weaker than my hits he was still i still had way less health than he did now at towards the end because i was leveling my endurance and he was not 
so as you when you level up you get like ex you get health dependent on how much endurance skill you have and so if your endurance skill is higher you get more health when you level and it's not retrospect retroactive so it doesn't think about anything before so me not ever losing my level not ever having that glitch happen to me and also endurance being one of the main things i was leveling up anyways uh i did end up getting close to his health even though i was so far behind in level but by then it was too late he was like a fucking master sorcerer and he was fucking freezing me and blowing me up with fireballs and shit and i and of course i didn't have any magic resist i was just getting hit with fireballs and losing all my health yeah pretty much so as you co-op listeners at home can tell this game it did not hold your hand at all in fact it actively tried not to hold your hand in like every experience it felt because we were dying a lot we were getting exhausted and weary from walking and traveling in this game. And this is when we were using every trick we could to make the game better. Like we got so good at traveling around Skyrim without, um, without fast travel, like Morrowind. more. Oh my God. Traveling around Morrowind <laughs> because in Skyrim, it's like, Oh, you just fast travel to any place you've been And this. You can kind of fast travel. If you go through the right mode of transportation, I'm like, Nave, we have to join the mages guild. So we can use the teleporters and the teleporters can take you to five separate major cities. And these separate cities have boats, which can take you to like three minor cities and then boat. Yeah. And then like these other cities, they have stilt striders, which are giant fleas that you can ride on that will take you to a couple other semi major cities. And with this, we can make it through the whole game. Multiple fucking points on this. All right. One, we also we had one more way of transportation, primarily, which was our primary means, which was teleporting through the Mages Guild, which you did mention. But the thing is, is that there's a there's a spell called Mark and a spell called Recall. Oh yeah, I forgot about those. Mark is like mark this on the map, and Recall takes you to the Mark. Well, I wasn't a Mage boy, so Philip had to find me a a, a amulet of Mark and an amulet of Recall. Which I dropped the amulet of Mark because one time I accidentally marked instead of recalled, and then I was like, "Fuck this Mark amulet!" I just threw it away. <laughs> Never gonna remark. Yeah. So I asked you, I was like, "Are we ever gonna move this Mark?" And you're like, "No, probably not." I was like, "Goodbye, <laughs> get out of my life." Well, so I had an amulet that let me recall back to that spot. So we put the Mark right in front of the girl who teleports in Varok. Vivek. Varok's Runescape. Named Vivek. after the the born again god Vivek, which we meet later. We would recall, instantly teleport back to that lady who can tell us to other teleporters. Now, the Mages Guild teleporters are the only ones, it's the only way of the three modes of transportation that go to, that connect to all of them. All of them connect to each other. Only, there's only five. So there's not that many. Now, the Silt Striders and the boats, they do not connect to each other. All of them. All of them. So you go and ask for a ride on a boat. They'll take you to one of like three or four different places. And when you get there, that person, that boat will take you to one of three or four different places. And so a different, like yeah. separate from they the first spider boat. web out. Like you can go back to the other place, but now we have an extra place we can go to separate, but we might lose in a place off the menu. And this is what really killed us because we're like we know we can take a boat there i don't know which boat will get us there though this is also how the worst city of the game Var varus what is Var it called? vivek <laughs> vivek uh these names are stupid by the way it's just gonna <laughs> continue it never ends all the names are bad they're all fucking like fantasy what's talk. that guy's name tolkien no uh, tolkien's good i was gonna say fucking hp lovecraft 
sounds okay. like fucking gibberish. Yeah. But um, uh, what was I saying? Lost We're talking about the boats and Vivek. Oh, the boats and Vivek. Yeah, they they also spider web out, and it's not like whenever you there's like this fucking city's huge. It has a whole bunch of different like little pyramid in the little pyramid islands that each have like four levels or five different fucking levels on them. This is the worst place I've ever seen in a fucking video game. I hated this place. This was the beginning of my fatigue. I was having tons of fun until we got to this place. <laughs> Don't worry, you're only there, what, 40% of the time? We're there a lot. It's even more than that because we did that side quest that's there. We became experts at navigating this place at the end. So you, you have a boat, you, you take a boat to a different section of the thing, but it's not the correct section. You're just looking for the boat that takes you to the fucking market district, right? And so you go to the temple instead. Now, it doesn't put you right in front of the person you tell who is the boat person. It takes you to a, the bottom <laughs> on like a, like a bridge, like a staircase that you have to walk all the way up and around. And then, and then you talk to that person. It's like, it's like the most inconvenient. <laughs> it's, everything is so inconvenient in this game. Yeah, it really is. And of course, that doesn't de- that doesn't take you to the temple either, or that doesn't take you to the market either. So you have to go to the fucking Ashkalahan in fucking district. And so <laughs> that was the other thing is like so many times I'm like, Nave, we need to go to this place, and I say some kind of gibberish, and he's like, Do you mean this place? And I'm like, How do you spell that? And then we would just like spell <laughs> yeah, things spell to each it, other, please, because it would be like it's six letters. It's like we need to go to Talon Dalian. Yeah, we we need to go to the Telvani district. You know. Is that in Vivek? You know? Like, <laughs> yes, it is. But I wouldn't say Vivek. I'm like, is that in Valley World? <laughs> should I recall? I would eventually just go, should I recall? Like, yes, recall. Okay, good. That's the name of that city is, should I recall? <laughs> oh, God. And there's so many points where, like, that's the other thing is, like, some of the places were also not the names of their places on the map. For instance, Wolverine Hall was in Sadrith Mora. But we like the teleporting thing was called Wolverine Hall. And so we were like, we need to go there. But where is that on the map? And then we'd have to like, like, which one of these? Also, the map is terrible. Like, it's just (laughs) that fucking goes hand in hand with the journal because this in Skyrim, you get a quest and then you get a little marker on your compass and then you hit hit down and then you click on map and then you see the map marker and you can go there. You can walk there even if you wanted to. In this game, the game goes, journal is updated. And you go, okay, so you look at your map, nothing. You see nothing. And so you're like, okay, so you go and look at your journal. And your fucking journal is like day 27th of Aura <laughs> Thor on the, on the 7th moon. And then it's like, it's like you this person wanted you to do this thing so they said that you should head west from head west from valvora and whenever you get to the crossroads go north until the road goes until the road goes east travel west instead and go through the path in between the valley whenever you're in the valley and you fight three is specifically three rats and the moon is at 30 degrees in the sky you may then enter into the cave of the draineth and you're like what in the fuck is going on no but first you need to find the large steam pit not the other steam pits that are all around it the large one it's and you're like which one's large i have no point of reference (laughs) god there's specifically he's he's referring to one time where we got stuck for literally 25 30 minutes where this is when we were refusing to use the wiki where we fanned out and we fucking searched high and low for a cave entrance and by the way 
dear listener, there's like 37 cave entrances around this area. We So you would have to walk up to the door and put your face up against it so that you could get the information of what other fucking tomb <laughs> this is. And I'm like, Tuv, can you look in the journal and see if it's the Asgard tomb? And he goes, no, we're looking for the Azroth tomb. And I'm like, oh my god. Just banging <laughs> my is, head against the door. This is before you could fly. So I was flying around like, you know, Minecraft creative mode most of the time at this point. Okay. Yeah, and the way that we would fly is... Again, Philip would have to use a spell, which failed like seven out of ten times. He'd just stand there. He'd put a bed down. So, cause, oh, in this in this mod, by the way, we were able to carry around a bedroll. That that was very convenient. Thank God. So, um, he, Philip would put down a bedroll so he'd be able to sleep, and he would just use the spell on me like over and over. So, be, if you've ever played RuneScape, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But just the, the, the all of the sound effects of RuneScape, you'd be like, tink, tink, you know what i mean it's just fucking terrible (laughs) it's so stupid and so but i would just keep looking up and walking into a corner and until my head hit the ceiling that's when we knew that you need to rest it and i would only be able to fly for like 45 seconds so i would like count to like 25 or 30 and then i just go down lower because you can die from fall damage obviously this game is like as hardcore as it gets which happened multiple times. And if I die somewhere random and Phil can't find me, there's no map marker. He has no idea where I'm at. This game was not made to be multiplayer. Like, ah, you know what I mean? Multiple times, man. God. I would fall down and I would die. I, I didn't realize I only had like like 15 hit points left. And I would fall like three feet and I would lose them all. And I'd be like, oh my God, Philip, I'm dead. And he's like, where are you? And I'm like, I'm by a rock. <laughs> I can't move the camera. I'm sorry. Yeah. I just see a rock. You know what I mean? And I'm like, east, west? Give me a cardinal direction. And you're like, east of something. Yeah. <laughs> I just went, I went west because I thought we were going west, but then you flew east. And I'm like, I went east, Nave. And me, yeah. like, I can only fly. I can only make myself fly for like 30 seconds, like, you know, every once in a while without sleeping. So I'm like, oh no, my flying juice, like at this altitude, <laughs> I will not make it back to like the west side before my flying runs out. And I don't have an imagination to make myself fly again. So I'm not going to make it to Nave's dead body to bring him back. Like, Which, by the way, in this <sighs> mod, normally when you die, you just reload a save, right? Um, in this game, you fall down on the ground for 30 seconds, and then if anyone interacts with your body, they'll revive you with, like, 1% health. But the thing is, is that if you don't get revived, you just randomly spawn God knows where. I don't fucking know. Every time it seems like it's random. It's supposed and to be then, the nearest shrine. You, you will respawn there, and then in this game, normally, if you go to jail, your skills deteriorate. Like, you will just lose random skills at random intervals. Like, you'll lose, like, three in axe and two in heavy armor. You know what I mean? Just randomly. That's what happens when you die. So, and we died a lot. It, so we, and it would, Phil would be like, oh, thank God I didn't lose anything important. And I would lose axe and block and acrobatics. And I'd be like, ah! It's just fucking, it takes so long to level up. <laughs> I was at 87 axe. Oh, so powerful. All right. Which, by so- the way. Yes. At the end of this game, do you want to talk about what type of weapons do you get and were we prepared to wield them? Okay, so yeah, I, I wanted to do a, a brief run through of the main story as we as we experience. Okay, it. go for it. So we enter the game, and of course it begins with you have a package that you need to deliver to Cassius Cosades or something like that. I don't remember his name. Cassius. I yeah, don't know. He's an Imperial. And you go and you find him. He's in this slum district. 
with a, you know, in this tiny rundown shack, pretty much. You walk in. He's got moon sugar and skooma dust and a pipe under his bed. He's standing there shirtless. Very shady. And he looks at you and he's like, ah, I see you have the package. Well, you know what? You're in the gang. And you're like, what? He's like, you're now a spy for the Imperial Legion. I'm a member of the Blades and I'm going to be your spy master captain. You work for me now. And I'm like, I guess we work for the shirtless man doing drugs in this, in this you know, weird slum district. And so me and Abe proceed to take orders from him. Uh, eventually gets to a point where we under, uncover the, the legend of the Neverine and that the, you know, Vivek and all the church church elves are trying to keep this under wraps because they don't want a new god showing up on their turf. But surprise, we're the Neverine. We're here to basically take revenge for uh, all his bros betraying him after he died. And he's like, all right, well, you did great spy work. You're the new Jesus. I need you to go out there and win the presidency <laughs> of all the dark elves. And this oh my is God. Where, like, this was fun. We, we were having fun up to this point. Is it like, am I skipping it's, over anything interesting? No, it's, it's, you have to become the president of all the dark elves and also the prime minister of all of the rest of the world. It's like, we, we did one and I was like, this is cool. This is all right. And then I was like, what do we got to do left? And we looked at this chart and I'm like, no, no. Well, see, Nave, Morrowind is a uh, large, expansive universe featuring three major houses, the Redorans, the, was it, the Horatios and the Tybalts. And you got to go <laughs> to each one and you got to say, hey, man, I'm, I'm Jesus. I'm back. You, you guys gotta, you gotta vote me, you gotta vote me Hortator. I gotta become the Hortator. And they're like, ah, oh, you know, I would vote for you, but, um, what if you give me a little kiss? <laughs> <laughs> That's a legit one. That's the first one we went to. <laughs> he wanted a kiss. Yeah. So oh. we, we end up going and talk like, okay, it got to a point where like we completed one house and I'm like, Nave, I think this is the easiest house. Let's do this one. And it's this guy that of course makes sexual advances on you. <laughs> as the reborn god and he's like you know how politicians are yeah so eventually you know he he secures the votes for you and you become elected hortator for the red Aran house and then from there nave was like that's when we discovered we had to do this for the rest of the thing and i'm like don't worry nave I'll, you know i'll take care of this i'll just i'll get there and then you can just tag along as i beat the game because i really wanted to beat the game because no uh, i don't know if you've noticed but i'm really into this game and so I go through and I, I do the other three houses and I'm like, Oh God, finally that's over. I go back and they're like, okay, so you became president. Like Nave said, now you need to become prime minister by going <laughs> to each of the wandering tribes and basically making them happy because we got the, basically the rich houses to like us, but a lot of the, the Dumner tribes never gave up their traditional ways. And these traditional ones are the ones that like we're the hortator now but now we need to be confirmed as the Neverine by the traditional religious masters, pretty much these chieftains. And I did about half of them. And then I got to one where I'm like, just talking to Nave. I'm like, Hey, you know, I think I'm on the, like almost the last one or so. I just need to escort this old lady to these Daedric ruins. Of course, like you do. So I, you know, I go down there and I think here's the problem. Somebody else had already escorted her down there. And I didn't know it was her. And so I snuck attack, chopped her head off. And it's like, with this character's fate, 
Um, hold on, what does it say exactly? It says something very specific. Oh, with this character's death, the thread of the prophecy is severed. Restore a save game to restore the weave of fate or persist in the doomed world you have created. And at, like in Jesus. the normal game, it's like game over, you know, revert to your last save. You killed the wrong person. So at this point, I'm like, Nave, the run is over. It can't be saved. And then he's like, you're, you're like, really, really, dude? And I'm like, uh, maybe if like the the day resets and this embassy is still alive, maybe we can go and talk to her and I can fix this. And then I'm like, you know, there's a there's like a side quest where you basically do the Dark Souls thing of seizing the fire for your own power or whatever. Like you become the like instead of re- like replacing Gwen, you leave the fire to burn or, you know, burn the world down pretty much. I'm like, we might be able to still do this. And then I go and I talk to spoiler, you find the last living dwarf who's a blob all with the spider legs. Like, it's really weird. He does not look like an elf. It, he literally looks like Urgot from League of Legends. Oh yeah, he did. Yeah. He's Urgot. But anyways, you talk to him and he's like, old Urgot, hey. not new fucking sexy Urgot, old Urgot. Yeah. That was blobby and ugly. He's like, hey, man, if only I had a certain set of items, we could totally do this without the help of all this nevering stuff. And I'm like, legit? And they're like, yeah, bro. And he's like, what do you need? He's like, all right, I need the, the blood of a god, these plans from the library or whatever. And I'm like, all right, Nave, get, log on. We're going to finish this game. And you're like, all right, I'll log back on. Like, yeah. and I'm like, me, me I was playing Vivek. Valhalla. Yeah. And you're I like, was like having fun bartending. We have to go to Vivek. And I'm like, yeah. We go into Vivek, and I'm like, oh, we got to go fight this guy. And that's whenever you got to meet Vivek. What'd you think of that guy? That was actually really cool. What I'm really surprised about, because you didn't enlighten me on any of this, and started playing Valhalla, and you're like, Nave, log back on, I think we can beat the game. And I'm just like, oh, okay. I was not aware, were we, that, that's like a fucking side path? Yeah, that is an alternate path that you can take <clears throat> just by being strong enough. Your, your character has to be strong enough, otherwise you're not going to kill Vivek, and you're not going to be able to put on dream ripper or whatever the glove is called yeah there's a glove that reduces your health by like 200 which is a lot you it's it it gives you a whole bunch of resistances and armor and shit but if you do get hit you're gonna lose like a significant portion of your health so it's like it's very scary what is the original then so you don't do you not know what the original original is you go and you talk to him and he gives you the item and he says look uh i need you to go kill dagoth i wasn't able to do it I betrayed uh, Neverine back when, you know, when he died, I betrayed him and I used it for my own power. Use this. You can go do this and he'll help you by giving you his godhood pretty much. Oh, so it's the only difference is that we had to kill him instead. Yeah. Oh, oh, well, that's still pretty cool, though. Yeah. So you go, we go and we kill this god who has been basically he's the head of the church of all the dark elves. Lord of Vivek. His name is Vivek. The city's name Vivek. It's very confusing. But anyways, he's ultimate chief. It's like Kingdom Hearts level of confusing. Yeah, yeah you kill like, him. This is Ansem, but Ansem is also Ansem. And Ansem is dark, but there's a light Ansem. And this guy's also Ansem. This is Kingdom Hearts? And you're Sora, but you have to... You're <laughs> Sora, but then there's there's Roxas. And Roxas is Sora backwards, but there's an X in the middle. That's not confusing enough. And then there's also <laughs> the Heartless version, but there's the Nobody version. And then there's Sora, who's on the, actually a program AI, and he's inside of the Tron world. But it's like, what in the fuck is going on? So, yeah. We kill God, we take his dwarven artifact, we take it back to our head dwarf Urgot, and we're like, well, his name is Yagram, I think. And you're like, Yagram Urgot, can you do something with his glove? And he's like, 
yeah, but I need the I need the plans. You need to go in here and get these certain books and stuff. So me and Nave just split up Scooby-Doo style search for clues and we each grabbed a book, came back. We were able to give him the books and he was like, I don't need these books anymore. You can have them back. So we were both able to give him the books. So we each got convenient. Yeah, our own shadow splitter gauntlet or whatever it's called. And with this, I'm like, Nave, with these, we can wield the the tools of the gods. So we need to go get the tools of the gods. Otherwise, we can't beat the final boss. And that's where we got... Um, Which is pretty cool. Yeah, we got Sunder, the hammer, and Keening, the scalpel knife dagger thing. And guess what two kinds of weapon types we were not proficient in. Uh, let me guess. Besides Short blade and hammer. Yep, so I I was proficient in axe, and you were profes- proficient in long blade, right? In long blade, yeah. Fucking sick. Those don't carry over at all. Like, if you can swing an axe, you clearly have a lot of trouble swinging a hammer, am I right? Yeah, you're <laughs> not like, good at it. But the hammer is actually blunt weapon, right? But axe is its own thing. And then there's short blade and long blade. Is there no. is there a long long blade too, or is it just those two? I think it's just those there two. One for short blade, long blade. Because there are two handed swords, I think. Yeah. Because there's two handed axes. That you makes know, sense, I guess. I always loved Morwen how complicated the skill systems were, and I always thought when we came to Oblivion, like they dumbed it down. Those they better not do this again. And then they come out with Skyrim, and it is dumbed down even more, where it's like one-handed skill two-handed skill and i'm like what they do to my boy where's axe where's where's uh, but it makes more blade? sense <laughs> it makes more sense I don't why it makes more it's sense like, my, I, I get it i'm a barbarian and i've been using an axe so you put a, a big axe in my hand that's just blunt and i'm like <laughs> and i all of a sudden don't know how to swing it anymore well, what's weird is they kept all the magic schools, though. Like, they kept mysticism and, you know, illusion and alchemy and all that, kind that of, stuff. See, in my head, that kind of makes sense, though. Because magic's real, real wee-woo, you know what I mean? <laughs> what it's like, are you, you saying can become, right now? like, specifically, I catch things on fire. You know what I mean? It's like, that makes sense to me in my head. It, or there's, like, a... Because it's like... Think about Final Fantasy, you know? There's the Black Mage, the Red Mage, the White Mage. There's more. I green, can't remember. Brown. Is there green? I almost said green, and I was like, oh, maybe that's not true. But, yeah, because it's like the White Mage specializes in holy and healing, and the Black Mage specializes in destructive arts. Red Mage is like a combination of the two. That's like a hybrid. It never gets any of the best of either world, but it can heal and it can burn people. You know what I mean? So in yeah. my head, I, I think it's always... I've always been... Even in, like, Harry Potter, aren't the wizards, like, special? Like, there are, like, generic spells that everyone knows. Like, fucking Wingardium Leviosa! And then, but, you know, everyone can do that. But then there's, like, specific things that everyone's, like, specialized in, right? Or am I just fucking high right now? Yeah, well, there was there was different classes that they could choose to take. So it was, like, do you want to take Defense Against the art, Dark Arts? Or do you want to take, um... Oh, I can't think of another one. Potion making or something like that. Botany. Yeah, botany. I don't know. Yeah, that was yeah. definitely one of them. Okay, so... I just remember those fucking freaky tree things. Me and you, we each gave these god weapons. And these weapons outclass every other weapon we've had in the game. Did you notice that? Like, we talked about it like, yeah. this is hitting so much better. Even though our skills were trash, when we did hit, it was brutal. It, it was like the, the DPS, even though we were hitting like one-tenth of the time that we would hit with our main weapons, the DPS was so high that it the, it literally outscaled everything. Like, we were missing constantly, but the one time we did hit, way less. I don't know what I'm fucking trying to say. Well, it was you know, very confusing. 
what gets me is like so often in games, it's a scenario of um, you do a fighting game and you fight to the end of Soul Calibur and there's the final boss and you beat him and you unlock him to use as a fighter. But it's like he's all lame whenever you get to use him as a fighter, but he was really awesome as a boss. Like, yeah. how often do we actually get boss weapons as a character that are still boss weapons when we get to use them? Like, I think about, remember in Assassin's Creed when you got the Apple of Eden and you were just murdering thousands of people by walking past them and holding the A button down? Or the R trigger or something like that? Yeah. Yeah, like that was That's for, That, was, that was for like 100% in the game, wasn't it? I don't even remember. Or did you just get that at the end? I think it was part of the story. I used to 100% those games back when every Ubisoft game wasn't just that. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't burned out yet. Or there's that. And it makes me think of like, remember Mercenaries in Resident Evil 5 when you get to I'm, no, I'm just thinking of plays uh, Wesker. Happy Souls. Happy Souls. Yeah. So I remember Wesker too. You remember? Because it's like, I've got boss weapons. <laughs> boss weapons? <laughs> boss weapons. Yeah. <laughs> right down the road i fucking think about that all the time it makes me wish i was like in the loop with dark souls i mean i understand that reference because me and me and aaron even had that exact arc where that guy was like he was like hint hint i might have some pretty strong late game weapons for you if you find me and he essentially literally says I'm just right down the road. And then you don't see him for like 12 hours. <laughs> like You don't see him for the rest of the game until the very end. And in fact, there's a moment where there's a giant birdcage shaped building and you go inside and you're like, oh, this is where the boss whooping guy is. And then you go inside. It's a fucking dragon. <laughs> it's not the boss whooping guy at all. This dude's like in a cave in the fucking corner somewhere, <laughs> like, like way further down. Man, Happy Souls is a fucking amazing video. It is. But anyways, back to Morrowind. Maybe the original Dark Souls? You got fog walls? You got bosses behind them, maybe? Is that true? Were there fog walls with bosses behind them in Morrowind? I don't remember that. There's the one fog wall that we had to keep jumping over because in the main quest line, you you get Vivek to lower the fog wall for you. But we never did that part, so we had to jump over the fence every time. Oh, yeah. Remember? Yeah. Well, you had to teach me how to fly every time. Yeah. It's just a you gotta have a happy thought and a little bit of pixie dust. Was is, is that Peter Pan? Yeah. Anyways, so we got God weapons. Peter Pan's actually very sad. It's about growing up. Yeah, or not growing up. Yeah. It's about letting go of your childhood of your infinite potential. All right. So, give me your impression of Dagoth Ur, the final boss. Uh, he looks like you know that you know. I don't know if I even really remember what he looks like. I what I imagine is he had like a big uh, mask on, like in Crash yep. Bandicoot, those masks, or like the mask that uh, Curse the Cowardly Dog Eustace, you know, Dude, that he's scared. See, that was my thought. Return the slab. That's like my vibe <laughs> I get from him. That's fucking hilarious. Yeah, that's he, and he was just kind of a dude, but he had this giant. He had a giant statue behind him, and you, you kind of whoop his ass at first, and then he retreats to the statue, and you have to drop down. Which was a sketchy fall. We have learned to not drop down very far with that little bit of health that we had left from the stupid gauntlet. And he had like a heart on the thing and you had to go beat it up or something. I don't know what we did because we were hitting it and nothing was happening. Then we fought him for a little while and went back. We are like, this is doing nothing also. And we went back and hit the heart and it was like, whenever we hit the yeah. heart the second time. What was also very funny is that you could push him off into the lava. Yeah, like you push him into the lava first thing. And, and I was like, oh, he fell. And you're like, what? And I'm like, yeah. 
there's a heart over there and we went over and we're investigating and then all of a sudden we were getting hit in the back we we're like ah my back oh he actually hurts <laughs> yeah which is so funny because like at this point we have gone through all his creations we have gone past the dreamers that are just walking around shirtless talking about their spooky dreams rumble rumble they also do mumblings when you walk by and uh then we saw the sleepers which were the um they were the dreamers but they had grown like uh elephant tusk or not elephant elephant snouts what's it called you know they look like ant eaters yeah they're like ant eaters and then we found the squid cthulhu monsters which i don't even remember what they were called i'm talking about i don't know yeah i I do know what you're talking about though they were cool they were the coolest enemies in the whole game i mean they just they were they fought you just as any other enemy did but they were cool (laughs) walking in a straight line and swinging their weapon at you but yeah Yeah. occasionally making a runescape noise and then we climbed into this volcano and we fought this guy in this, you know, dwarven ruins and killed his god heart, which led to a very lame cutscene <laughs> of the heart exploding and all that stuff. Uh, it was I an in game one because there are cutscenes in this game. God, they're terrible. And there though. was a fun in this in this game in this mod. There was a funny little glitch that accompanied it, but. If one person would trigger the cutscene, it would play for all the players on the server, I guess. And so, like, Nave triggered the cutscene of us, like, winning the game. And I'm like, wow, that was pretty epic, you know? No, that was it. We walked into a point, I'm like, you know, I think it's supposed to play a cutscene here, but it's not playing. I wonder if it's broken. But we did it, Nave. We beat the game. Let's just call it here, you know? Like, I'm I'm tired of this game. Let's stop playing. And then we take two steps, and it's like, Neverine, you have completed your mission. (laughs) Yeah, it's so jarring. It's so sudden. (laughs) <laughs> and it's like in 480p if that like just in the center of the screen god and it's amazing because we sit there and watch it and we're like ah oh, yes that was great and then you turn and look at me and take one step towards me and it's like <laughs> neverine you have completed your mission yeah. <laughs> and it fucking plays the cutscene again because he triggered it god. fucking made us jump out of our fucking skin because excellent that shit plays at full volume in your ears <laughs> yeah, i know like it, i guess it has its own volume slider or something because eventually you do get tired of walking past the dark elves and they're like outlander you know like yeah. everyone's super rude to you it's terrible yeah at first the music is amazing and immersive but then after like how long do you think we played this game you'd say 30 40 hours oh we played this game so long this might be one of our biggest time investments in a it, game it was so long yeah, it was very fun at first, but it was like very tedious. I was I was like cool, I'm leveling up and stuff. I was still worried about leveling up even at the end game. So that just shows you how addictive the leveling system is in this game. It's like you need to go to sleep. I've like, okay, cool, I want to go to sleep so I could level up my in- endurance even though I'm like at the end of the game and we're about to stop and it doesn't matter what two points of endurance is going to do to me. All right. So Also, by the way, to level up your acrobatics, you just press the base bar to jump, right? Yeah. My space bar is fuck it's it's fucked up now. <laughs> Well, it's smashed now. the fastest way to move like by jumping you would increase your acceleration by like at least two times if you weren't already flying yeah now it's very squeaky it squeaks oh, no. when i push it it's so, really annoying actually is there any topic you could like to hit before we take a break and then do our final words it feels like what did it feels like there's definitely some stuff we missed oh yeah i bet there is well shit man i don't know which, if you had to rank the Elder Scrolls games, which how would you rank them? The thir- these Easy, three. Man. Morrowind, number one. Skyrim, number two. Oblivion, dead last. I have not played Daggerfell or Arena. Are you serious? I I would say Oblivion, number one. Skyrim, number two. This game, number three. Have you gone back and played Oblivion? Yes. 
I went because they they FPS boosted it. It's fucking sick, dude. Yeah. I I did the fucking paintbrush thing and climbed up a fucking wall and then yeah. got into the glitched out outside of the city where it's all fucking unrendered and, and ugly. <laughs> oh man, memories. Which uh, there is a I don't know if there's a co-op mod for Oblivion, but there is one for Skyrim on PC. Oh, is there? Yeah. I don't know which version. That's fucking cool. I bet there's one for Oblivion too. Oblivion's got a sweetheart game. A lot of people like that. Yeah. And uh well I mean it was so it was so nostalgic too, playing through the intro and then getting out of the of the sewer and then just going straight for the fucking arena. Like I'm gonna make that fucking <laughs> make money, money boy. Yeah. Gotta make that money boy as far as fucking running. I asked you about it when we played Morrowind, I was like, can cause we needed money, I was like, dude, can we like is there an arena? And you're like, no. And then later on we got to fucking Varrock or whatever that's called. Vivek. It, there's an arena there's an district. arena district yeah. and so i was like you lied to me <laughs> but it really is not an arena you i did find him there once because part of the uh the missions to get elected one guy will never elect you because you're an outlander even though you're reborn jesus and so he said look there's only one way to settle this and that's if i'm dead but i will only fight you honorably meet me in the arena and he shows up in full like ebony armor with a daedric great sword like he is like a high level character. He was there to wreck me. And I was like, <laughs> I was even talking to you. I'm like, all right, Nave, I just got to fight this guy in a duel. And I'm like, Oh God, he's wrecking me. Nave. <laughs> like This guy was <laughs> messing me up because I'm a crappy wizard that got my skills reset. God. So like, Oh, that's the other thing. We never talked about how useless I was like 90% of the time <laughs> where every time we go into a fight, basically I'd be like, zoop, zoop, like <laughs> And then Nate would just be like, whack, whack, whack. Just, just like slapping people around. And I'm like, Nate, they're hitting me. They're hitting me, Nate. Ah, I'm out of here. And then just like and run they would the always, they would always beeline straight for Philip because he was way weaker than I was. I think that's just what their AI was programmed to do. And yeah. so uh, it, was, it was hilarious. Cause <laughs> and like sometimes I'd hit him and he'd be like, ow! <laughs> God. Because we can hit each other. Of which course. also, by the way... We got kicked out of the Fighters Guild because of that. Because I we were doing something, and of course I was like, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna hit him, <laughs> and I brought my sword back or my axe back and whack in the back of the head, and then all of a sudden everyone in the Fighters Guild is fucking trying to murder me. You know what I mean? <laughs> and so we uh, got kicked out of the Fighters Guild. Yeah, but then the, the server reset every day, every 24 hours the server reset. So that was very convenient because like Philip said, there are some quest items that are just out in the open and once someone takes it, it's fucking gone. It doesn't reset until the next day. So that this is like a very, it's it's a it's a bad way to play through the story. <laughs> unless Unless you want to just group together and then just have one person going through the story and you all are just there with them. Just the murder gang. Yeah. But which is kind of what we did towards the middle, and also the end because I didn't do any of the end end game shit. Like you did them, I I I literally gave up. I was like, I can't. I'm gonna level up my axe. I'm gonna walk around killing people. Which imagine if we had more players in the server with us. Like if we had two more people like in our chat, and we were like all four of us playing together. I don't know, man. That because especially if another one was a wizard. <laughs> because <laughs> you would hit me with the fire i would get hit with splash damage from a fireball and i would be like fuck <laughs> i need to heal now Dude, magic was good whenever it worked the best part was like the boots of blinding speed your your equipment can break when you're getting hit those boots had very small amount of endurance like my shield had like 300 points and that those boots had like 30 so yeah, he would bad. hit me with two fireballs and then all of a sudden i'm walking normal speed and i'm like oh god i can't, <laughs> can't move. move yeah yeah 
because you walk so slow in this game. It is brutal. Do you have any specific memories? Um, I oh, I have one. I just yeah. remembered one from I can't move. Uh, we went. Oh, we were no. in Vivek, and I was in the sewer in the water, and there was an enemy up above me. On the, and I had no I, I didn't know there were ramps to get out of the water, so I thought I was trapped. Well, I was fighting this guy, and he poisoned me or something. He reduced my strength to like ten, and so I like. I lost all. I was over encumbered by like 400 pounds, but I was fighting him from under the water, like just <laughs> swinging up, <laughs> trying to hit him and kill him just for vengeance. Meanwhile, I'm lost running around Vivek. Yeah. Philip eventually finds me because all the sewers look exactly like, and I'm just like, I can't get out of the water. <laughs> I'm stuck here. I don't want to drop everything and lose them. So, Philip, can you? Because we are still scrounging for money, and I have Dark Brotherhood armor. I need to sell this shit. So. Philip eventually shows me that, and we eventually find out we can go to the shrines, shrines and yeah. heal ourselves, but good lord. That was a nightmare. One thing I remember, whenever we were specifically, there's one place we could not teleport to. It was like Telvar or Telmar or something like that, and it was out on this like set of islands. So we would have to teleport to Wolverine Hall. I could walk on water at this point because I was a magic wizard. This is like early game. So I was walking on water. Nave was swimming through swimming the yeah fighting fish mud crabs everything <laughs> else on the way so i would always just get there and book it straight to the point i'm like i'm here nave where are you at and you're like and i'm dead and i'm like <laughs> where are you and then, <laughs> and so i got to a point where like i made a spell to make nave walk on water but i could only do it for like 10 seconds so <laughs> like it was useless pretty much there was like no point in me like walking next to you for 10 seconds then casting on you again because i, I was out of magic already and so it was just terrible. And it got to a point where like Jana was just like playing league next to me. And she's like, if you say tell fire or tell Mar one more like, time, <laughs> it's like, we didn't have these places on our map or I have it on my map. Nave had not been there yet. So he didn't know where he was going. He, I mean, it was just like 40 islands. Yeah. You get on the rocks and look East and then go that way. And I'm just like, Oh, what rocks? There is rocks everywhere. It's like playing on Halo 3 Sand Trap and be like, he's next to the rock! And there's fucking rocks all over the fucking place. <laughs> yeah, God. And we did that for so long. And it got to a point where, like, usually in the other areas, we could find each other because I was always casting spells. And he's like, yeah. I hear your runescape noises again. And I'm like, good, you're near. And then I'd, like, climb on something and see me glowing like a beacon as I'm repeatedly yeah. casting a level one fireball on myself and also healing myself for one HP at the same time so I can train my restoration and my, you know, destruction skill at the same time. And, the, like, and good, good. what was amazing was about halfway through the game when we had a lot of the the map explored we were we were starting to triangulate fucking places like hey do you know moth marathoth and then also (laughs) there's yagrar over here like go draw a line two-thirds of the way to yag marathoth (laughs) that is approximately where i'm at maybe (laughs) and so (laughs) you have to really learn how to navigate like like you're fucking christopher columbus (laughs) it's crazy all right is there anything else you can think of? Nah. Nah. All right, let's take a break, and then we'll hit our final words. You know, it kind of seemed like our final words. No, nah, man, it's I got like more walk- to say. Okay, sick. And we're back. I'll just, you go first, then. Okay. So, this game, Morrowind, The Elder Scrolls Three, Game of the Year Edition, with all the DLC. This game had a special spot in my heart for the longest time growing up 
because this game gave me so many emotions. I'm like, this game is huge. I don't know where the invisible walls are. Like once you start seeing like the inner workings of the game engine and stuff in the game, that's whenever things start to like fall apart for me. This game felt so immersive at the time. Like now it's definitely ugly, su- super ugly. This game looks terrible <laughs> like, and it sounds terrible too. But this game was always special nostalgia goggles or whatever. Going back and playing it now in co-op, this is the best experience I've had with the game for sure. Like this, like whenever I was younger and I remember like I had never played like World of Warcraft for a while. And so I'd have friends at school be like, hey man, World of Warcraft is a game where you run around and you fight monsters with your friends and stuff. And I'm like, my only experience with games like that would be like multiplayer Morrowind. And I'm like, that's got to be World of Warcraft. But I remember playing WoW for the first time and being a little disappointed that it wasn't what I imagined. But playing it like how me and you played it with random people typing in the chat, wow, you guys die a lot. It's something that like, (laughs) this is probably my favorite MMO ever. Like if I would play an MMO, I wanted to be exactly like this. Like I've played, you know, ESO quite a bit. I played a little bit of WoW. I played Star Wars, Swator Online, Ultimate, whatever. And like I played a couple of MMOs. Like if you if we just had more people on a server, I feel like Morrowind could be the, the MMO I've been waiting on. It would be a lot goofier. It's just that that whole thing with the the Sharing, items makes yeah. it really hard. Okay, the quest system is just destroyed by you more can players. Go, my idea was I was like after we're done with this game, I kind of want to just join the server, run around killing all the quest givers just so that it's they're all dead one day. until tomorrow. Yeah, so for today i'm gonna to get booted baloney kickflip will be no more but oh I, shit i gave away who i was like and subscribe hit that bell oh, tell us up. who you think we are <laughs> I, keep going. I don't know okay what so finish up my little thing i love this playthrough so much this might be my favorite game we've played on gaming together like yeah there has been some nightmare moments where i'm literally like we should not play this game anymore. We should do an episode on something else. We're not going to make it. This game cannot be completed in the two or three weeks we were working on it. Like this is bad game. Can't be played. Yeah. More one bad game. Can't be played 2021 Philip. But anyways, this game was amazing. Loved it. Like I, I wish I could get more people to play it with me. And that's what I have to say about co-op Morrowind. Nave, you have some things to say about it? So this game had the incredible misfortune of being the game we were playing at the time Halo Infinite multiplayer dropped. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Every moment I was like, the moment I started feeling a little fatigued or bored, I would just look over into my living room at my Xbox, just being lonely and not used, and just think about all of the 50 experiences I could get per level, per match, I mean. Yeah, but I definitely had a whole lot of fun with this game. It was a lot better than... I, so I definitely wanted to play the game. I was expecting to not really have too much fun with it, though, because I knew how old and how janky it was. And I still remember, like, all of my experiences as a kid, that heartbreak that I felt. And I knew I was going to be better at it, but I I was like, I don't really have too much rose-colored glasses for this game. So I'm probably going to see through a lot of, like, a lot of the, the nostalgia. This game is incredibly charming. And definitely there's a whole lot of work that went into it. The multiplayer aspect of, you know 
breaking this game and making a friend come in and, and be there with you also turns this game into a comedy constantly like you are con there's constantly something stupid some dumb interaction going on especially if you both are playing in different play styles which is i i recommend it um it almost felt like runescape in many many ways where i the way that i was processing the game was through the lens of runescape and it doesn't help that the aesthetic is very similar and the sound bites are very similar and the games came out around the same time like runescape 2 i mean and it's like there's a lot of stars that align that and it's like this their skills and they all you can max them out and like you can work on them individually and it's like a lot of fucking things aligned where that were tickling me like the whole time we were playing i was constantly remarking that you know what game we need to do pretty soon runescape you know what i mean like i was i was like put runescape on the list there's a mobile version old school runescape obviously i mean we could do runescape 3 I would rather do the old school RuneScape though for nostalgia points, but I don't know. With the RuneScape, because you did you play RuneScape very much? Uh, I did periodically, but mostly I didn't get it because like I, you know, for a while there you could play it at school, it wasn't blocked or anything. So it'd be like yeah. in computer lab and the after school program, people would just be in there playing RuneScape, farming up, and so <laughs> I'd be like, yeah, guys, this is cool, but I didn't get it. Like I was just kind of went along with the crowd on that one because I'm like, why am I killing the cows? You know, like, what What do I do with the leather? Like, why do I want to sell it? I got, I was completely addicted to it. Like, because you, you, you get the, you kill the cows, you get the leather, you sell it. And because people are trying to, members are trying to train their, like, we were basically slaves to the members who were trying to train their fucking fletching or whatever the fuck it was. But, um, like, the, and that's what you did with the, uh, not, ah, anyway, like, it, it was just <laughs> so fun scary. looking at, it's like definitely the progenitor, progenesis progenitor the genesis of my love of watching numbers climb one of those fucking words anyway it's what's really interesting too is uh let me make sure this is correct because let me see first all right yeah i'm correct so at the time of at the time of us recording uh which technically this episode should have came out last week so this it wouldn't be it wouldn't be the same. But since it's coming out this week, this week's episode of Wizard and the Bruiser, one of my favorite podcasts to listen to on Spotify, um, their episode was on RuneScape. Were the odds. And so they sat around talking about RuneScape, and, and I was just... I have had this welling, this overflow of nostalgia for this fucking game. Now, I did have old school RuneScape, and I did put my... I did have an account. I got a lot of shit. I think I got my woodcutting up to like fucking 60. Like I was just playing on my off time. Like when I was at work and waiting for something, I'd turn on RuneScape, cut down a couple trees. It's it's beautiful on the fucking phone. I used to dream of the day that I could play RuneScape on my cell phone back when we had razors. Wow, nerd. But, um, but uh, yeah, it's, it's a perfect phone game. And I'm pretty sure it got hacked. As a matter of fact, I'm certain it got hacked. That's a that's a rampant fucking problem in that game. But um, in that game, I I don't really care too much about the money more than I care about leveling the character. And the money is a means to an end of getting more supplies to level your character. Like that's all I was using the money for. Otherwise, it just sat in my bank until I was level seventy woodcutting so I could use the rune axe. You know. But um, shit. And that's my review for Oblivion. I mean Morrowind. Yeah. Well said. You know, you talk about the skill points. One thing that I would highlight, there were so many times when I'd look at the skill tree, and of course I have all my magical crap 
like alteration or that I yeah. only use for unlocking things, like all that, all those other crappy spells. Uh, very convenient. Yeah, very convenient. I'm so glad I was a wizard. I didn't, but then I look at, you know, sneak, which is only like level four or level three. I look at yeah. uh, throwing weapons or marksmen or something like that. And I'm like, what if, should I, <laughs> should I start building into these terrible things? Because like we kill an enemy and he would have a bow with like five, like, I don't know, five or six arrows. And I'm like, should I try using a bow? Like, would that be cool? Uh, the main thing is is that the way that you you level your main level up, I don't even think we mentioned this, but oh, yeah. the way you level your main thing up, you're, you have your main level, and that's what increases your health and shit. But uh, you have miscellaneous spell, you have miscellaneous skills, major skills, and then minor, major, uh, is minor. It, is it miss. minor? Yeah. I, is it that in this one? I know it's that in Bolivian, but that's it's not, it's the same in this one. Okay, yeah. So the miscellaneous. Or the the minor spells and the the minor minor spells. Every level gives you half a level towards you. Have, you need ten levels to level up. Your major skills give you one level per level. So yeah. if your major skill is an axe, then and you level up axe, then you get one level towards your main level. If you're if you have a minor skill in medium armor, every time you level up medium armor, you get half a point. Is that correct? I think that's how it is. But uh, but what that does is it it, it de incentivizes you to even give a fuck about any of the other skills. One hundred percent. Unless you really want to lockpick stuff. If you want to lockpick <laughs> stuff, then go ahead, God, go for it. But terrible. like, if your major skill is axe and you and that's it, and you have maybe have a minor skill in sword, or, like in long blade, there's no other weapons ever. No reason to ever use any other weapons. So because it doesn't progress you in, in, in a way it's kind of if you think about it to be relevant it kind of makes me think of the battle pass challenge system in halo infinite where you're not incentivized to win you're incentivized to try and stick people with sticky grenades <laughs> so that you're running around the map trying to do that yeah the skill system is not perfect but i love it yeah, I actually like it a lot too. Like, cause because it definitely makes you because you there's so many skills, so there's so many different ways to play this game that if I were allowed to level up my character by just picking whatever fucking skill I wanted to do, like Skyrim style, like just you're like, okay, I want to be an axe boy now. Wait, in Skyrim, there's no major or minor skills, right? No, it's just any level up will level you up. Okay, yeah, I got gotcha. you. And so it's it's and I remember now because the higher the level that you got, the more experience it gives you in your overall level. Like, so if you level up your your alchemy t- from one to two it barely moves the notch but if you level up your one-handed from 7d to 71 that gives you a fucking ton of experience that's how that system works but um i kind of like that because in skyrim i fucking become this weird fucking jack of all trades that i'd never fucking end up doing anything so i've like always got it i've like and you can hotkey things to your fucking you can quick use like hit left on the d-pad and like change what's in your left hand or whatever and then, like, so I'm like, I'm like, healing spell, change, fucking summon an imp, change, fucking fireball, change, you know, I'm just yeah, doing everything like, my, and making not? every fight last forever. I'm like, hit with the sword, and now I swing my claymore, and I'm <laughs> just, and now I shoot with the bow. It's like I'm a fucking it forces anime you character. To specialize, which, you know, like some people don't want to be pigeonholed into a class like that, but um, I don't know. I thought it was pretty cool. And also, like, you you get to pick a class. Like I said, I was a Barbarian. I, like, specifically chose Barbarian because I didn't want to fuck with it. But this game is, like, kind of like D&D where you can just fucking make the guy if you want. Like, you can specifically go, I want Major and Medium Armor, 
two hand, like long blade sneak you know you can make the class right yeah that's what i did because i'm like give me acrobatics give me long blade give me light armor like then all the wizard stuff yeah so it's it's pretty it's not like it is very overwhelming if you've never played it especially since the game is so fucking hard but it's like i what i would say is i would say play oblivion first and if you like oblivion because of the skills and stuff, the way that that shit works, then play Morrowind. But if you like Oblivion because of the combat and like the exploration, I would say go to Skyrim yeah, first after probably. that, and then maybe go back to Morrowind because the exploration is there in Morrowind. You're just not gonna know what the fuck you're gonna you're supposed to be doing. It depends on how much you want to use a walkthrough. Because I have no, I have no, I have nothing against people who use walkthroughs. I just said at the beginning of the episode that I played Valhalla and I used a walkthrough the whole way through because I didn't want to fuck with the puzzles. Also because the game was leaving Game Pass fucking imminently, and I didn't really want to buy it, which doesn't matter because I ended up buying it for a friend anyways. <laughs> so I was like, I like this game so much, I'm buying it for a friend so that she can play it. But yeah, it's it's a fun game. I mean, I'm talking a lot of shit, but I'm just a drama queen, alright? I was having a lot of fun most of the time. There was a very long period where I was quiet and not talking to Philip anymore, and I was listening to Spotify because I was just trying to get through it. But that's because we put like forty fucking hours into this game in a very short short time. Yeah, in a game that and is, everything uh, is the same. Not rewarding to see new content because everything is the same thing. It was like yeah. <laughs> we made it to like one new biome that was like the lava biome in Death Mountain, and I'm like, whoa, Nave, this place looks awesome. <laughs> like this is so different than anything we've seen before. Yeah, and the sky turns red and shit. It's pretty cool, yeah. It's like the late game area when you go towards the center of the map. All right, Nave. Uh, <clears throat> this would be a good time for writer mail and feedback. Do you have anything? Uh, nope. Okay, cool. So if you want your comment read aloud on the show, or if you just want to send a private little message to us, you can mail in to gaminggetogetherpod at gmail.com, or you can tweet at us, or you can good pods us, or you can pretty much reach us anyway hey and if you want to be on the show we fucking absolutely love having people on and just give us a give us a give us a tweet give us an email give us a something tell yeah. us what kind of games you like to play cooperative hopefully like i know this is a single player game and we specifically went out a way to mod it but you know like if you want to be on we're very lonely we're very lonely guys all right so for our next game nave what are you thinking uh, well, I know what you want to play, so I'm going to try and pick something different. How okay. about, and not RuneScape, because it's too similar. How about uh Dead Space 3? I mean, that'd be pretty cool. Is it on Game Pass? Yep, EA Play. Oh, man, that'd be an easy one. Also, right. Fear 3. I would want to play Fear 3 first, since I haven't played it. But I And it just got put onto the backwards compatibility, but I think it got put there for physical only. Or if you already owned it digitally. Because I don't think they have the rights to sell it. Like, there's a lot of games that they did for that. Like, they just got 50 Cent Blood on the Sand. But obviously, <laughs> okay. they, can't, they can't sell that game anymore, because it's literally, like, fucking three albums worth of music on there. <laughs> that would be a licensing nightmare to fucking go through. So they their loophole was it's backwards compatible now, but we're not selling it, so you can't get onto us. But that in that in turn turned it made eBay 
people on eBay start selling that fuck a cup a physical copy of that game for like fucking six hundred dollars and shit. What? And oh I'm just like, god. oh my god, fucking. Because I was like, oh, I'm kind of curious. I want to play Fifty Cent Blood on the Sand just for a meme. <laughs> and then I'm looking at eBay like three hundred dollars. I'm like, oh, I'm just gonna wait for a little while. Yeah, probably. It's very sad. If Fear Three is the same way, we could always play that on PC because I already got it on Steam, and that's not a hard game to run at all. So. And I, would, I just have to buy one copy. I'm pretty sure I can go on the gray market and get it for like fucking $4. All right. Uh, my suggestion is The Ascent because we started it before, but then we stopped playing it for an unknown reason. I don't remember why. Uh, We stopped playing The Ascent because of the game we ended up doing after that. Overcooked? Let me think. Was it Overcooked? Let me look at the episodes. I'll if When I see the episode, I bet I'll fucking know immediately. It was Vermintide. Okay, yeah, that makes sense because it was about to go Vermintide. off the end Yep. Yeah. All right. So, so we, we did Vermintide and then we ended up doing Human Maybe. Fall Flat. All right. Do you have anything to say to our co-op partners before we let them go? Uh, keep going strong. Everything's going to be all right. Yeah. So thanks for joining us, Outlanders. Maybe next time we can ascend as the Neverine and be named as the Horators so we can and defeat Dagoth-Ur and save Morrowind from an ashen death. Next time. And also sit, sell a Daedric shield to a mudcrap. Goodbye. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that part. Good times. <laughs>